Welcome back to this uh, very special emergency bonus episode of Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host, and usually I don't I I don't do scorching hot takes like right after something is announced. It's you know most of the episodes that you hear, it's like you know after a few days, I've had time to think on it and chat with friends and things like that. This was not the case. Uh, we are recording on Monday morning, based on well Monday morning where I'm at, <laughs> but more on that in a sec. Uh, we're uh, we are gathered here to talk about Kevin Smith announcing uh, the new anime He-Man series for Netflix. Now, full disclosure, I am not the biggest He-Man Masters of the Universe fan, but I just happen to have a good buddy that is. So, returning to Mike Seibert Radio from uh, across across the country, uh, Alpha Magnus uh, joins us to uh, chat about this. And uh, how how you doing, Toby? Oh, I'm great. Um, this is uh, uh, it's good news. It's a little scary, but uh, uh, for for anyone who's who's you, you are a Transformers fan, uh, anyone who, yep. who you've dealt with a lot of change, the He-Man franchise has not. So um, this is very interesting. Yeah. So uh, so I, I think I saw this uh, mid Sunday afternoon. Uh, you know, from just like one of those uh, clickbait comicbook dot com uh, um, things uh, on on Facebook or Twitter or where wherever I saw it, and it was just basically like headline: Kevin Smith announces a He Man series for uh, for Netflix. And I know, being a, a fan of the Fat Man Beyond podcast that both uh, he and Mark Bernardin have been teasing uh, that they have been working together on a quote-unquote nostalgia IP uh, for uh, several weeks and months, uh, several episodes worth. And, you know, folks have even uh, speculated. I I even thought perhaps there was going to be like a, like a Transformers connection or maybe like G.I. Joe or something, but it ended up being He-Man. Um, so that, so I, I thought that was really kind of, uh, interesting as a start, but once I saw that hot take and, you know, reposted it on my Facebook, I kind of dug into the, the article a little bit. And incidentally, just, just a quick take on a uh, comicbook.com. I think they have somebody on their staff that is like on Kevin Smith watch. Because it seems like after every podcast he does, there's always some kind of oh, yeah. article. It's like it's like Kevin Smith breaks his silence about He Man. It, it works. Know, and it's, it works uh, both ways with those guys. Because I think like the first two years, or maybe the first year that uh, Mark Bernardin was on that podcast, they were using ComicBook.com as a source for ninety percent of their stuff. When they were correct, I mean they weren't ever wrong really. But uh, I think it works both right. ways on that 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 street they might even have a friendship that they won't talk about oh that's that's an interesting hot take i like that and you know i and i use comicbook.com uh quite often for stuff that i'm researching and they and they're usually really good about uh breaking uh breaking news because like they they were the first place i saw it um i mean it's like the variety article um came out you know late in the afternoon like some three hours later so yeah yeah um so but anyway i'm getting i'm getting bogged down in the weeds i uh uh, basically through that article on comicbook.com i found uh links to a uh twitter account called uh parks and cons and um through that, I 
figured out, or not figured out, I saw that there's something called PowerCon going on, and they were reporting on a panel that was taking place, and basically they, they announced this uh, this brand new uh, Netflix show, and that Kevin Smith was going to be the showrunner, and that Mark Bernardin was going to be on uh, uh, one of the writers, yeah. and they announced a, a few other folks as well, and... Yeah, uh, apparently, like, you know, uh, Jason Mewes was in the audience as well and interrupt and interrupted the proceedings and said he was going to be playing He-Man and, <laughs> uh, you know, just so just kind of funny yeah, stuff yeah. like that. But but yeah, so from there, it was just like, wow. So, well, so this is a thing that just kind of popped up out of nowhere. But I I at that point I had reached out to you via Twitter and I'm like, Hey man, what, uh, what do you think about this being the, being the masters of the universe, uh, super fan? Because I mean, the, the thing that I've observed, you know, through, uh, through us getting to know each other, uh, more recently is that I'd say you're a bigger masters of the universe fan than even being a transformers fan, just in terms of like the stuff that you do with, you know, cosplay and a lot of the stuff yeah. in the collection yeah. and, and all that you're, you're like super duper into this stuff. So I thought, I thought I would consult the expert for uh, uh, this scorching hot take. I am going to shut up for a second okay. and let you get a word in. <laughs> the yeah. floor is yours. So I won't say that I'm an expert. Um, it is more so, I was like, as, as I said in the previous podcast, when uh, when Transformers were out, I was age appropriate. Um, He-Man was actually getting a little bit old at that time, but it was getting as old as I was. It came out pretty much the same time um, with the, the comics that they released uh, to sell the toys, and then the show finally came out, and it really sold the toys. Um, there's a huge, um, huge uh, difference between the two franchises. Uh, the main one being that uh, Transformers, aside from maybe like one or two years, has been going on since then. Um, the He-Man, Master of the Universe franchise kind of got got weird, and uh, Mattel has mismanaged them. That's the only only words that I can say for it. Um, so seeing something like this come out, it's, it, you get cautious because a Kevin Smith, is he really known for, um, like he's known for nostalgia, but he's not really known for accuracy when it comes to previous things. Um, I'm actually a huge Kevin Smith fan as, as well as I, I told you in our, uh, our, our back and forth, um, mm-hmm. I was, uh, at the, uh, what, what did we decide it was episode 318? of Hollywood Babylon, like I yelled a correction to him about his own stuff. And then he said, Oh, that guy's a super fan. You know, like it, it is, it, that was a, a weird moment for me. It was like humbling slash uplifting. And it kind of, yeah. Kevin Smith, if he's good for one thing, it's making people inspiring them to, to do their own thing. Um, and that's actually kind of the reason why I started doing cosplay. I got kind of in a, what I like to call the relationship funk, where you just kind of sit around and do nothing. I think you might be dealing with a similar thing uh, where you're just told someone just finally says, dude, go for it. Who cares if you're almost 40, you can wear a wig and, and purple tights and go walk around with a sword at a cosplay convention for younger folk. Um, So that's what I did. Um, Now, now looking at what is going on here, I don't know if you've seen this, um, but I just this morning got a uh, a picture someone took from that panel of the uh, explanation of what this is. 
going to be. I don't know if you want me to read it uh, or not. Yeah, actually, yeah. I, uh, I I do have that in front of me, and that was uh, that was I saw it um, as tweeted out by uh, um, at Parks and Cons. No. So the uh, so the name of the series is Masters of the Universe colon Revelation. And the uh, uh, the write up, as you know, it was on this uh, PowerPoint. You know, very similar to what we've seen at TFCon and other fan conventions. Yeah. But the uh, descri- the description is as follows: a radical return to Eternia. Revelation is a direct sequel series to the classic era of Masters of the Universe, featuring fan favorites He-Man, Orko, Cringer, and Man at Arms. The story pits our heroic warriors and uh, guardians of Castle Grayskull against Skeletor. Evil Lynn, Beast Man, and the Vile Legions of Snake Mountain, exclamation point. Second paragraph, this is where it kind of gets interesting. Uh, but after a ferocious final battle, Forever Fractures Eternia, it's up to Tila to solve the mystery of the missing sword of power in a race against time to prevent the end of the universe. Her journey will uncover the secrets of Grayskull at last. This is the epic He-Man and the Masters of the Universe saga fans have waited 35 years to see! Exclamation point. Yeah, that's uh, so, that is that so is amazing. That, so, um, that could lead you in two routes. Um, I'm not. You said you did. You watch the old show at all? Um, you know what? I I watched it first run, but yeah. unlike say Transformers, GI Joe, or even GoBots, because um, uh, I mean I had a little bit of a GoBots phase, like most uh, uh, Transformers yeah, fans yeah. have, whether they'd like to admit it or not. Um, <laughs> I I never really revisited He Man. Yeah. Um, I I remember watching the cartoons when they were on. Um, I did love the toys. There there was something about like the scale and kind of the exaggerated proportions I liked. Yeah. Um, because like, because like with that size, you when you would get vehicles formed, they felt, you know, beefy, and I just I I appreciated that uh, that scale. That's something that you didn't quite see in Transformers. Transformers were more kind of fragile, yeah, uh, because of the intricacy of them. But whereas with He-Man toys, you you could beat the hell out of them. And, aside from, aside you know, from their crotch joint, off. yeah, they were pretty indestructible. Um, I actually, it's funny because people say that I don't have any of my original. Uh, he-Man figures because I mm-hmm. played with them until they were almost indistinguishable from just lumps of plastic. So, um, sure. I, th- this is where, uh, I'll, I'll put my, my hot take on this is this is a, a, a classic trope, um, out there where, uh, what they call a requel. That's what I like calling it. I don't know where it came from. Um, it's where you make a sequel I like it. that ignores some things that go after it. Um, Godzilla, mm-hmm. I think, is one of the more more common ones. Um, every Godzilla franchise, uh, well, most of the Godzilla franchises, um, use the f- original black and white uh, Raymond Burr Godzilla movie as their basis. Yeah. So the next movie after that was Godzilla Raids Again. They made all of those movies up until like the mid-90s, and then they rebooted it, but the first episode, essentially is still the Raymond Burr movie. Every time that you see one of these reboots, the Raymond Burr movie happened, then X amount of years happens and another Godzilla shows up. Um, so they don't even, they ignore the, the previous, what they call, I think, the, the Showa series, which is the, the emperor of the, that time. Um, yeah. So it's the same thing. Like the, the Incredible Hulk uh, movie that came out, it ignored Hulk 
like it was like and eh, that kind of happened but not really we're just not going to reference anything that happens in it and everybody's different um it is the the classic requel as i like to call it um yeah, this exactly. is the same uh, very very yeah. similar uh, very similar to Halloween 2018. Uh, exactly. You know, that yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. That's. I, I think. I think that's the model that that we're following here. Yeah. It's the it's the requel model. So they haven't said if they're going to uh, retcon um, the the new adventures of He Man. Um, I just today watched the last episode of the original series and the um, first episode of of the new adventures. There's room for um, for for explanation uh essentially the the last episode of the uh, masters of the universe was a throwaway episode and it didn't really end anything it just kind of just another day the beat goes on um so they they have room there um but the first episode of new adventures is real weird um essentially skeletor and he-man look completely different uh they look like they belong in like a, a cheesy like mid 80s like it's like he-man like he-man was barbarian right well this one's more like right. flash gordon in that aspect yeah, yeah. So, so he's got a ponytail for, so for yeah I, I was gonna say for listeners that might not be familiar kind of like myself yeah um uh so so new adventures is like this weird uh, what like early '90s space He-Man? Yeah. Uh, so, like, uh, if I remember that correctly, vaguely. Yeah, it's pretty. It's like it's Flash Gordon. It's a it's a okay. it's a not Star Trek Gene Roddenberry. Uh, <laughs> like if you're familiar with that, he he has a lot of novels mm-hmm. that have nothing to do with Star Trek. Star Trek's just the kind of thing that took off that whole. Uh, but anyway, he uh, it's not so much magic based. But it is a 1980s show, so realistically, if New Adventures had taken right after the He-Man series, it probably would have done well. It only lasted one season because it was a 1980s show broadcast in the 90s. It did not work. Um, Power Rangers, stuff like that was coming out, um, and those the people who liked it were like, what the heck, this is like five years too late for me. Sorry, bro, I'm, I'm getting in my Ferrari, you know. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, and, yeah. and tastes and sensibilities change. Exactly. Um, I did not even really like it. I've gone back and rewatched it. It's okay, but as I said, you have to watch it through this like uh, this lens of this should have taken place like in the '80s, right after. Because if you think about it, like the the Conan movies were really big in the early '80s. Then what happens mid '80s? You get a lot of uh, a lot of weird like pseudo sci-fi Star Wars type stuff. Um, where it's like wizards and 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 such. It's it's very weird. But anyway, that that's going off the the beat too much. They there's space between where one ends and one begins that they could do it without even retconning anything. They could just say, all right, well, this is how it goes from this episode to when he like He Man has essentially defeated Skeletor, and then they both Skeletor and him get time traveled force time traveled to the future to help save people from something else it's it's so convoluted um the voice actors are completely different skeletor looks different he's kind of a instead of being like a creepy floating face man they kind of made him like a fleshy skull man it's it's very strange but what i'm excited about with the kevin smith thing is that they're kind of saying all right well we're not worrying about that. 
let's go ahead and, and finish what should have happened. They're essentially putting a cap on the old series. It's what it sounds like. Um, Tila, who they mentioned in there. Um, if you've watched the old series, I think they just hint on it. But in the newer uh, Mike Young productions, uh, 2000, I think, two uh, He-Man series, they straight up say uh, Tila is the sorceress's daughter. Oh. Yeah. So, oh, wow. Okay. So that's where this kind of hits the uh, hits the tone is is like Duncan uh, Man at Arms is mm-hmm. her adoptive father, which it's kind of danced between the two. Like he could be the real dad. He could also just be an adopted dad. They, I don't think they ever like straight up put a pin on that. But essentially, she's going to find the power sword, and it might be one of those deals where she should have been. Hera or whatever you want, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> not, not so much Shira. That's a different one. Um, but yeah. that's a yeah. We'll talk about that in a sec. Yeah. So that's that's kind of what's really interesting about this is it's almost like they were a little old. Uh, I think Kevin Smith. What he's pushing fifty now. Yes. Yeah. He just turned forty nine a couple weeks okay. ago. Okay. And then Bernardin's not not a spring chicken either. But I have a feeling that they watched this like I watched the Power Rangers, a little bit out of sync with who what I should have been watching age appropriately. Um, I, I'm actually a huge like first five season Power Ranger guy. Um, okay. It's a it's a little off. Uh, it's off putting for some people that are not younger. Because when when I talk to anyone who's like a year older than me, they're like, "What the hell's wrong with you? Why would you watch that?" Like I don't know, but I love it. I'm like I'm buying all the lightning collection figures. Like it's crazy. Sure. But um, the I think that's the same thing where they might have been watching it when they were like twenty. Like why are you watching He Man or like fifteen or something? Like dude, that's for little kids. Uh, I mean he, he Smith, you know he worked at a movie rental place and they had tapes of that, so I'm sure he was watching it. And it might have been one of those things where they just were like. It bothers me that this was never ended. Uh, there's a couple other series that really bother me. That bother me that to the end. Like, did you were you did you watch Firefly? Oh yeah. Oh definitely. And and you know, uh, Serenity is about as satisfactory of an yeah. ending as we're ever going to get. It's like you know, I've picked up some of the comics here and there. Yeah, but the now comics. that it's been so far gone, it's like I. I find myself mm-hmm. caring less and less. Well, as like, the, like there's a current series from Boom Studios that I I'm not even getting because I just I I I think I'm okay yeah. uh, letting those characters go. Finally, you know, some ten years later. Well, as soon as uh, well, there's two things that bothered me about uh, um, Firefly, and then I'll put a pin on it. Is uh, Shepard died? Yeah. So like literally the char- the person who played him died. So that was kind of a bum, and. Uh, Adam Baldwin? I think that's the right Baldwin. Yeah. <laughs> He's gone kind of yeah, off no, a right correct. wing weirdness thing. Yeah. That I'm not even. He is a problematic person anymore. Yeah, he's very yeah, strange. He is. So, he's like super right wing. And and I don't even yeah, care about any of that. It's just when you go that far. All right. All right. We, uh, I'm good not seeing any more of that show. Um, so anyway, the, the a similar uh, thing happens with with with. Uh, a couple other shows where they're just left hanging like Masters Universe I never thought twice like you know what this needs is a definite ending but it bothered somebody obviously um Pirates of Darkwater was the firefly of my day I don't know if you ever watched oh, that show okay, sure that show oh yeah that show was epic and it got 
canceled because they put it on at weird times. Um, the similar thing happened with the 2002 um, Masters of the Universe show. I don't think it was called yeah. So the original one was called He Man and the Masters of the Universe. This one was just called Straight Up Masters of the Universe. That show, if 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 you are a moderate He Man fan, watch that show. Um, you could probably get a DVD box set of the entire thing for ten dollars. It is two or th- two or three seasons, and they go, and it's the old show, new animation. They cut out the fat. They add some stuff. So, like, uh, you remember a character called Too Bad? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's the two guys that are fused together. They explain mm-hmm. 0% of that in the old series. They're just like, hey, we got a guy who's got uh, two heads and two arms, uh, and he can punch the toy can punch the other head. That's, that's enough storyline for back in the 80s. The 2002 series kind of did what this Kevin Smith um, venture does, is that they're kind of trying to close up some loose ends. Uh, they actually had it as there were two bad guys named one named Too Far, one named Badra, and okay. and they were both they were I like where this is going. Yeah, they were both hired by Skeletor to do something. I can't even remember, uh, but they don't work together well. At the very end of that that episode that they were show up in, Skeletor's sitting there, and they've just bumbled everything up. They made it worse than before, and he goes, "Oh, you don't sure. like working together? Too bad." And then, like, zaps them with a ray and fuses them together. I'm like, that's an origin story. Thank you. Uh, that's all we asked for. Uh, so that's, that, that's super metal, too. Yeah, it is. Like too bad. That. Here you go. Uh, so if, 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 <laughs> if anybody listening wants to, that 2002 series is amazing. They go into so much stuff. Like, not giving too much away, but it kind of explains why Orko's a dupe. Like, why is he hanging out with these dudes? Um, there's a lot okay. of that. Uh, and my favorite character is reimagined in the best way, um, Moss Man. I had the old toy, and he was the only one that was flocked. So, like, yeah. I loved Moss Man. He shows up in the 2002 series looking like Billy Ray Cyrus meets, um, I don't, I'm trying to think of a, a Bob Ross looking like nature fiend. Like, it's amazing. He shows up and he's, sure. he's totally a hippie, but instead of being the old Moss Man who's like, I can disappear in the woods, he's like, He's just blasting it out. He's like Captain Planet. You know, He's he doesn't mess around. He's like, nope, we're going to build a tree here and here. It's, it's, it's fun. You just got to watch it. It's uh, something you wow. cannot explain. Yeah, so they took one of the worst characters and made him great, which is really what I'm hoping that this uh, Kevin Smith thing does. Is um, They have talked about Stinkor more times than, than believable. The Mike Young production version... Um, it it makes Stinkor a lot cooler, but he's still Stinkor. I don't know if you're familiar with that character. Oh yeah, well yeah. I mean I I'm not so familiar with him in the fiction, but I yeah. I remember his toy very vividly. Yes, because like I and and it wasn't until I was an adult and was around like stinky hippies. Yeah. that like that reek of patchouli oil. Oh it yeah, it was like it was like I think I think I was even like twenty. And I'm just like, you smell like Stinkor. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know, that's what it was. Because that was always the uh, uh, the association I had was the 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 musk that would come off of that toy. It was patchouli, all right. It's such a weird thing. It's like, yeah, and that and that was his, uh, the, the gimmick of the action figures that it, it must have just been soaked or the plastic was cast in patchouli oil because, yeah, you could not get away with, the, uh, get away from it. That thing reeked. Yeah, but it, they, oh, it was so stinky. They have hinted on that as like 
10 times. So I have a feeling everything Kevin Smith that everyone's worrying about, uh, that's that's really what people are worrying about is that he's going to like make poop and fart jokes and talk about how Skeletor's penis is a bone or if it's flesh. Like That's legitimately a thing uh, people are worried about. I think they're going to focus yeah. that all on Stinkor. Like all of the, yeah, I would not, I literally would not doubt it. If that's what Jason Muse does is stink or. Oh, that would be rad. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I'd be there for that to where yeah, stink or shows up and it's just Jay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, I I could get down on some of that, but yeah. yeah. um, So yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Kind of some of the uh, uh, criticism we've seen from folks, you know, and it's, it's interesting that, people kind of forget that that Kevin Smith can craft like you know serious drama I mean look at look at his daredevil run look at his green arrow run um you know uh he did a, a spider-man run um so uh, he's he's done I, comics work yeah I mean and, and if you look and, at and red State, stuff too. that's another crazy one like Kevin like I showed my buddy that and I made sure to skip past the part where it had said Kevin Smith he had no idea. Yeah, because yeah. I, I think there's a certain uh, word association that goes mm-hmm. when you hear the name Kevin Smith. You immediately think Clerks. You immediately think Silent Bob. Yeah. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob. Um, but, yeah, th- I mean, there's 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 a little more meat on uh, on that narrative bone there. I think I think he's got yeah. more stories to tell. And but also... Oh, go ahead. I'm, I'm really glad, too, that he got this. Um, not so much because he's a huge fan. I don't even know if he's, like, a huge fan. Um, but he was announced that he was going to be showrunning the Buckaroo Banzai show, which has yet to see the light yeah. of day. I was so excited because I love that movie. That movie is just madcap insanity, and I love every second of it. Um, oh, it's great. It's like... It's it's just nuts, but uh, the then he got that stripped away from him because the guy who actually owned the rights to Bucker Bonds, I was like, did anyone call me? Like, right. uh, womp womp womp. The same thing happened with um, uh, Seth Rogen, his production company. They uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember what the name of that the Last Starfighter. He yeah he want yeah. he wanted to do a show of that. Or a remake of it, and the guy who owned it was like, "No, you can't do this." So he made Future Man, which, if you've ever watched that on Hulu, it pretty much is like time traveling. Last Starfighter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, and it yeah. really is. I mean, my uh, uh, producer Dave, uh, Dave Sanders, hard sold me on that. You know, I, I gave it a half dozen episodes. It's a little much for me. There, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's just my taste. Just I have, like, I, I, I have I yet, I have yet I to watch season two, but I hear season two makes it its own thing. So uh, I'm gonna have to take a look at that and just push through the. You got to push through that first first year. See, uh, Agents of Shield did the same thing, but um the yeah. the the big criticism that everybody's having. There's two sides to this mess. Um, mm-hmm. Is is a Kevin Smith. Like, he's going to ruin everything. It's going to be a bastardization. Uh, he's going to bring in religion. He's gonna, There's so many stupid things that probably aren't going to happen. Um, the other big one is there's already a She-Ra show on Netflix, so that's weird. And supposedly it has nothing to do with this. That's even weirder. Like, there's legitimately... T- technically, if he goes off of the original series, She-Ra exists in that series. There could be two She-Ras on Netflix at the same time. Um, which isn't unheard of in comic book world, 
it's super unheard of on, in any sort of television media to have two of the same character in the same time, you know, uh, frame being played. Yeah. Well, and it makes it especially weird and tricky because that She-Ra show has gone on to develop its own fan base. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was talking to uh, to my friend Mickey um, a couple months ago, she's super into it. But uh, but I mean, she's she's 21. So she's got like no connection yeah. to previous. Uh, I mean, you know, she's like a Steven Universe fan. And that was kind of like her her in to She-Ra. She really likes the and- storytelling and the sensibilities and all of that. But she had shared with me, I haven't watched a minute of it, but she shared with me that there have been hints that He-Man might mm-hmm. show up Yeah, there's um, a, within the context. There's a lot of portal and warping stuff going on. Um, they, I really like the show. A, I have watched it. B, mm-hmm. when I went to Colossal Con, it's, a, um, it's one of the larger anime conventions where you can wear, like skimpy stuff uh a lot of the anime conventions are like we're a respectable hotel you can't wear that here yeah um this one is is in kalahari uh one of those great wolf lodge type places the okay indoor water park so they don't care if you're wearing a bikini or not like they're in there doing like if you see any any cosplay uh in water it's probably at one of the colossal cons there's an east and a west and hilariously enough, West is like Ohio. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm like, that's not really West, guys. Um, but they, uh, when I got there, day two, uh, oh no, sorry, day, yeah, day two, I dressed as Prince Adam. Um, mm-hmm. And I went hardcore on the costume. You know, I got a wig, got everything, made the sword, get out there. I find out that on day three, which is, uh, uh, I believe it's a Saturday for that, um, that they have a Princess of Power photo shoot. So I'm like, okay. Uh. Problem is, is I had already worn that costume, and the next day I was doing my cyberpunk Homer Simpson. Um, so I'm like, halfway through the day, I switch. And I, I texted, I'm like, I'm in the Facebook group. I'm like, hey, guys, you want to you wanna meet up? Uh, do you want me to show up? I'm, I was Prince Adam yesterday and, and like the outpouring of yes, you had better, like I had one person text, like you'd better show up. Like that's how it was. So when that photo shoot was going on, um, I show up to a sea of women. I was, well, I was the only identifying male there. Okay. As, as a male there, there was, there was a couple people that were a little confusing to themselves and myself. Uh, but everyone was dressed like She-Ra. The only other male cosplayer was a girl dressed like Seahawk, who is, uh, one of the characters from She-Ra and they are in love with that show. I don't, I don't think, mm-hmm. and it's because they finally have an outlet. Like, I don't know if you've watched Steven universe. Yeah. It, it dealt with a lot of weird gender crossing type stuff in it in itself where She-Ra mm-hmm. kind of just went whole hog. Um, the problem with the original She-Ra was every, every single person was a white female that looked like Barbie. Right. In this show, they have different people. They have different ages. They have different attitudes. Um, so the first season's kind of like, eh, you know, it's, it's okay. 
the second and third season have kind of um, they've made it where you can't really tell who's a bad guy and who's a good guy, and you don't really like once you see like even Hordak, who is like in the original series, he is just an evil bastard. He's kind of just a dude wanting to see his family. Like, that's the whole reason he's doing all of this, is he just wants to get back home. And it's like, it's messed up. Like, it it, it flips you around, and you're just like, oh, oops. <laughs> um, and that's really the thing, is, is that then you're going to have all these people who are like, oh, sweet, He-Man's going to show up in that, and, and there's a new Netflix series. It has nothing to do with our current series that we love so much. Like, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so... So I guess then how how do you thread the needle because it it cuz the this Kevin Smith series uh Masters of the Universe Revelation is going to be a direct continuation of the uh old filmation series whereas Shira and the Princesses of Power is kind of become its own thing you know do you have I mean cuz I mean like th- there's like a continuity knot that I don't know if you can thread the needle because as you said Shira is part of the filmation series and they've hinted at He-Man being part of uh the the Shira universe. Yeah. Um I I think I I think I threw something weird out there on on Twitter uh say, speculating like well maybe you bring in like the the new adventures uh Space He-Man Did you... over on Shira yeah. or something like that. So so I don't know if you saw the poster for this year's PowerCon um which I I even mentioned in a previous the previous episode I was in. Um they had it, they didn't have classic He-Man there. They they cold opened with, with they cold cold cocked us with that one. Um, they had new new adventures He Man next to Shira, so that that might be what happens is that you get space adventurer He Man instead of barbarian um, strong guy He Man. So it'll be interesting uh, I, I, to see what they do. I wonder if that's where I got the idea from. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, maybe it's just like subliminally implanted itself. That's more than a speculation. Um, so in the She-Ra series, Dave, are you familiar with Superman and uh, like what happens with Krypton in the, in the, the comics? Like, Oh yeah. Like he, he it's, it becomes a, a micro city type type deal instead of dying. It's really weird. I can't remember what they call it. It's like the Candor. Yeah. Candor. Yeah. Candor. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, I think that's what's um, spoilers here. If you're going to watch Princesses of Power, season three kind of heavily hints that uh, um, I'm trying to remember Etheria, which is Eternia's sister planet, um, yeah, is in a pocket universe kind of deal. Um, ah, be- okay. Uh, one of the characters says uh, Madame Raz, who in the old show was insufferable. Uh, she was like an Orco-ish character. Um, she's more so like a crazy old ogre. Uh, if you've watched Dark Crystal, she she's got a plan. Mm-hmm. You just may not understand it at first. Um, anyway, she uh, she hints something like that, like like Etheria needs to stay where it's at, or things are gonna get bad. And uh, I'm wondering if I'm wondering if because those two are sister planets, if maybe Etheria was put somewhere else to not have the same problems. It's it's that classic like either time travel or or universe travel thing where like they find out that that 
by separating them they don't have to worry so much about both forces it who knows what's going to go on because initially what they thought in season two was that you were gonna they were gonna go through that portal because that's where um adora comes from is is okay she's he-man's sister she's prince adam's sister but she kind of gets i don't know if the word like kidnapped or thrown into etheria in the original series and then she becomes a uh, she's actually a bad guy when it starts she's a horde trooper um same as this one but this one they kind of change that up and they're not they're, they're not like acting like eternity is even a thing uh it's it's pretty weird they they did a similar thing with doctor who where he moved gallifrey okay. just to save it from destruction so i'm wondering if uh hmm. I'm wondering if if that's the route they're going to take. Um, yeah, it's it's fairly strange. I th- I think they're going to do okay, but but what they really got to do is definitely tell people if you didn't watch the old show, like they have to somehow do that when you know how the Netflix plays their previews. You say based off the 1980s original, like don't watch this expecting to see your lesbian scorpion ladies. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's weird because I mean that that's actually the um uh second to the last topic I wanted to bring up. I had two more things I wanted to bring up before uh before we closed out. Um what what you were mentioning is kind of like the inverse of what I uh, Yeah, it's interesting because like these different audiences have different expectations. So yeah, so if people that are um uh how shall we say, you know, maybe more uh, progressive minded yeah, that are that are real fans of the Shira series um, expecting this from uh, Masters of the Universe Revelation. Yeah, they, they might be disappointed um, because it's it might not be that or it might be as well. But uh, but the thing I wanted to bring up is kind of the the uh, um, I, I remember when the character models for uh, Shira and the Princesses of Power came out and. Oh man, the the man baby gatekeepers, the mm-hmm. uh, the incels came out in droves. It's like yeah. you know what what is up with this this girl wearing cycle shorts and and you know where's where's the where's the huge tits and all you know just being yeah. like super gross about it. And I wonder, you know, going back to this description of uh. Uh, Masters of the Universe Revelation, it looks like it's going to be more focused on uh, Tila's story than perhaps even on He-Man as she searches for the for the missing sort of power, um, as well as some of the, the potential revelations that you mentioned earlier. Um, I, I wonder if uh, there's going to be similar outrage from the man babies you know saying like oh this this new Mm -hmm. he-man and their and their you know libtard feminist agenda or or whatever um what uh uh what's what's your scorcher on that what uh what do you think well i being a more of a progressive person i won't even say that i'm liberal because i don't even go that far on on a lot of things um they you have to um there are more women in the United States than men. Deal with it. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna get. It's only gonna get worse because as the boomers fall, the zennials pop up. The the Generation Z, all those. It's there's more more women. So you have to. Money is where it counts. You have to play to your audience. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I tried explaining this to someone. Who said watch watch old TV. Find a show that is led by a black man. Before. 
Sanford and Son before 1970s, you're not going to find it. You're not going to find it for, like, the only way that, that a, a black dude got a show back then was to be in a junkyard. Like, right. that's a thing. Uh, moving on up, then once late 70s, then you start hitting more. Now it's no, just normal. Like, it's fine. Um, you still don't really see too many women-led shows. Uh, so that's starting to hit. So you got your Supergirls, you got all those. And they kind of push agendas, but it's it's just to let you know that they're there. Uh, I don't worry about anything like that. Incels are going to be incels. They're going to they're gonna want everything the way that they wanted it before. And you're going to have bounce backs. You're going to have, have other things that pop up that are terrifying uh there was actually just recently one that was really bad uh a show came out and it was like there was it was all white people and people were just like hold on what what is this show um but yeah that's it 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 happens it's just something it's growing pains it's globalization everything's gotta mix together um i don't know if you i don't know how seattle is that's you're in that area right Absolutely, yeah. And yeah, we are yeah. we are very progressive uh, yeah. up here in the in the Pacific Northwest. So I'm in Ohio. Um, there are more corn people than there are uh, <laughs> than there are sure. anything else. Like it is it is a children sure. of the corn ish thing. It is very deliverance. If you go away from Cleveland, Cincinnati, or Columbus, if you go away from those three places, it gets kind of weird. Um, a lot of like you can't tell if someone's Amish or just dresses bad like uh <laughs> all their buttons fell off of their clothes so and, and that's not to degrade the whole thing but when i come here it's it's not as mixed when i went to tfcon i'm seeing a mm-hmm. guy in a sea cat i'm seeing i'm seeing uh, an indian wedding i've never seen any of that here and and then that's not saying i'm like closed off it's just that people that are different in certain areas stay away from from the uh, the corn people <laughs> because they don't want to deal with it. Uh, Dave Chappelle actually lives in Ohio. He lives in Amish country, and he said pretty much the same exact thing. When he goes to vote, it's a whole bunch of white people. Most of them have straw in their mouth and him. So it's like he he lives there, but he's not in that community. Um, it's all all of these shows. They're not trying to overrun anybody. They're not trying to push any agenda. They're just trying to say, hey, we're here, and we would like to be able to live. Uh, so that's that's how I feel with when it comes to any of those shows. When it does cross the line, I make sure to, to like, there is a line, and I, I try to make sure that it doesn't get crossed. There's some weird stuff out there that hits a little too far. Um, you'll see the, 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 the meme of that woman screaming, and she's obviously, like, a, oh, a, yeah. a feminist, like, that's the kind of stuff that is like, all right, you've 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 officially stepped over the line, <laughs> and and mm-hmm. and you've got it. But I'm I'm pretty sure that that the Shira show. This is the funny part. At no point has that show had any character been sexually not straight. In fact, this last season, there is a. It's a little weird because it's Hordak, but there's a a, a love story going on with Hordak and one of the female characters like that's a love story like there's no everything else in that whole show has has not been at least lesbian there's a gay male couple that they have 100% said this is a gay male couple Um, they're librarians that live on their own because they don't want to deal with it Um, but like 
I, I don't recall seeing a single female female thing. Like it's hinted, um, and I think a lot of it is inferred uh, ah. as as that. So like some per- person says, "Oh, there's a bunch of women here that are having fun and not fighting with each other all the time. They must be lesbians." Like they need to calm down on that a little sure. bit. Uh, and in fact, when yeah. I when I was at that uh, that convention. Uh, I it was I I held it up because it was funny, but there's a sign that says like uh, I can't remember what it says like something about lesbians, and I held it up because it was funny. <laughs> like it was like a pro lesbian <laughs> thing, and the one man there is holding sure. it up. So, but like it, it, it's it's one of those deals where where I think a lot of people read into children's cartoons maybe a little too much. Um, I think the same yeah. thing happened with Care Bears. Uh, it really happened with Rainbow Bright, and it it almost rightfully happened with he-man a lot because uh prince adam was a little fruity um he's wearing sure. he's wearing pink running around there's rainbows and stuff like i i get it i think people that that get angry about cartoons have a special life that's, that's all i can tell you <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and if you are sexualizing children's cartoon exactly. characters which are occasionally portrayed as underage you got problems that we okay. can't so so you want to you want to get angry at a children's show for being over sexualized go find ren and stimpy like seriously yeah that's that's that show had like people humping and stuff time for skin or i I sure do love me some skinny slapping like that's a quote (laughs) i'm not making that up uh but no one ever got mad about that because it was like oh well this is jokey like it's okay to be right sexual when it's jokey but as soon as it gets anywhere near serious people start flipping their lids so yeah. So, uh, so uh, pivoting for a second as as we close out with our guest Alpha Magnus, and we're talking about uh, Masters of the Universe: Colon Revelation, the new uh, Netflix anime show uh, from uh, from Kevin Smith and company. Um, and that that's the last thing I wanted to close on is that it's being advertised specifically as yeah. anime. And that 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 naming connotation kind of sounds kind of weird. And I, uh, I I just happened to see a tweet uh, from my buddy uh, Killing Spree at Late Night Death out on Twitter. He uh, he quote tweets, uh, "You can't call it an anime if the studio making the cartoon is located in Texas." And it's a it's a facepalm uh, emoji at the end. So, so I. I'm not an anime gatekeeper, so you might have to kind of, kind of have to take my hand here. I, I despise gatekeeping. First off, I'll put it that way because I've been dealt with it my whole life. I'm a six foot six man, and I like to go to the art class instead of play football. Uh, it was uh, my whole life was dealing with it. Um, a, there is a certain aspect to anime that is required. Um, location is not one of them. There are a couple Indian, okay. Korean, and the most the most prolific version is, um, and then this I will I will fight someone for this is Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh sure, that is an anime that has next to zero percent Asian influence. It may have been drawn there, but that's a Nickelodeon production written by some some Americans or Canadians. And that is one of the best animes I've ever watched. So, yeah. like, it's an anime. Like, sorry. Um, we're, we're not going back to the 80s where we called it Japanimation. Like, oh, man. 
man, that's I yeah. haven't heard that term it, in probably twenty years. And those wow. those people who are still clinging to anime being only made in Japan, they're the ones that want it called Japanimation. I can almost guarantee. Uh, so I, this is what I said. So do they call like Tom and Jerry American animation? Like seriously. <laughs> Like, calm down. Don't There's plenty of animes ideas. that are made here. I would almost say Pirates of Darkwater was an anime. Like, if, the way it was dr- drawn. Um, sure. It, it's it's almost like a... Like, because there are cartoons over there. You watch... Like, Pokemon isn't considered an anime in in Japan. It's a, it's a serialized, like, episodic show for kids. Mm-hmm. Samurai Pizza Cats is not an anime. Like... Okay. <laughs> So, so an anime is more so a, a story that has an A to Z. It, it has a purpose, and all of the shows are, are serialistic, not episodic. Like, they, they go from a point A to point B. Um, you run into other, like, there's this Korean show that my girlfriend and I watch called Larva Island. It's bizarre. Like, you don't even need to, like, speak a language to watch this show. But it's literally about two larvas. Nothing that happens in the previous episode has any happenstance to the the next episode that show's not an anime but i think netflix plays with that a little too um loosely uh they don't call shira an anime but they they do call other things animes that i'm kind of like that's a little weird there's one uh the dragon prince which i've heard is actually really good um and like watching it, the art style does not look yeah. very. It looks almost like uh, something you'd see out of a, an American studio, like in the '90s, that kind of um, reboot looking um, 3D animation. Oh. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's so just like, one of those so like things. Maybe even like Beast Wars or yeah, reboot or exactly. Like, that, yeah. like you're watching it and you're like, okay, well this is all 3D animated, and the character like this is how to train your dragon in low res. That's kind of what it looks like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like they people get angry about it like oh this is an anime anime is this one strict strict thing and every time i bring up uh avatar the last airbender uh if you have not watched that series the first one it is amazing mm-hmm. it is everything that every show should want to be it has a d- definitive start and end and you understand what's going on in every episode they don't go crazy. This is the one thing about traditional anime that drives me nuts. There are animes that turn out that the bad guy in the anime is Isaac Newton, and he controls you through the gravity of love. That is 100% like the, the theme of it. There's also other ones where it turns out that robot you're piloting is actually your mom. Sucker. Sure. Like, okay. Like, I, I, I see where you're going. With yeah. That. So, so if you want to go off of that and say all animes have to have goofy, psych, almost psychotic, um, <laughs> uh, twist endings, like Fight Club's an anime, like The Matrix is an anime, like, well, Matrix is kind of an anime. The Wachowski brothers actually have said that themselves. Um, they just made a live action version of an anime. They ripped it off of so many animes. It's ridiculous, but yeah, they, I, I don't get too focused on that. I think that's more used as a, a catch, a catch all. It's a, it's an eye opener. Like Kevin Smith, anime, he man, like that just rolls off of the, the tongue, you know? Um, 
if yeah. if they go off and, and it and it looks I was going to say it looks sensationalistic on a headline. You know, it, exactly. it looks like it's built for clickbait. Exactly. Now, if they actually do do it in an anime style, that's going to be badass. And it's and if they go far enough, it's going to differentiate itself from everything else. So if it's if it's old Well, and that was Yeah. Well, I was going to say that that was actually the last thing I wanted to close out with because Powerhouse Animation is doing the animation for uh, for this new series, and they're known for their uh, Castlevania series mm-hmm. on Netflix, which I've not watched, but I hear it's phenomenal. And I, I feel like there's kind of competing schools of thought. Like, on one hand, you go full uh, anime, for lack of better word um or you stick to the filmation style of animation from the 80s since this is a continuation i guess uh, alpha magnus as we get ready to close out what uh what do you want to see and what do you think this uh the show's going to look like so what i want to see there are, there are two two versions of, of of a he-man show that i would like to see i don't care when they happen but i want them to happen the first one there's an uh an it's essentially an american anime uh, uh, called Fire and Ice. Have you ever seen that? No, haven't heard of it. It is like ninety minutes. I believe it's on like Amazon and a couple other ones. It is so worth watching. It is a barbarian tale. Um, back in the eighties, it is animated beautifully. I would love to see that, or possibly an animated version of Frank Frazetta art. Um, which is oh sure yeah, yeah. which is pretty much like the Co- the Conan. I want to see that if mm-hmm. if they can. And knowing Ke- this is this is where I get excited. This is where I get stupid excited. Is knowing Kevin Smith, that could be his whole goal. Is that we get Frank Frazetta He Man art? It will be flash animated. I can guarantee that. But it is going to look yeah. beautiful. It's going to look like people are painted running around. Uh, those two different versions of, of art style is what I would like to see. Um, I personally would not want to see a uh, Dragon Ball Z He-Man show, although that sounds cool now that I say it. Um, I would want that to be something new, <laughs> like not not from the old style. The old style I want to see done in that Frank Rosetta um, Fire and Ice type uh, just because it looks awesome. It looks like a Fabio uh, book cover, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. In fact, like the uh, the original pack-in comic books that came with mm-hmm. the original Masters of the Universe fig- had kind of like that more Frazetta style, yeah. uh, high fantasy the, the, vibe to it. So yeah, that that would be incredibly interesting uh, yeah. visually. So so on saying that, um, I get into some arguments with people because I don't know if you saw the latest thing that they m- talked about the. Uh, this is what I wanted to end with was uh, the movie. They announced, "Hey, we're going to have a Masters of the Universe movie, and it's going to have this Disney kid play He-Man. He's ninety pounds soaking wet." I'm like, "Oh God, kill me now!" Uh, <laughs> where, whereas oh, that sounds wretched. It's it. Uh, he's got black hair. First off, he's like Hispanic. I don't care either way because He-Man was pretty brown. Um, he had some bronzer going. Um, that didn't bother me as much because like there are a couple other things like that people posted like hey whatever happened to the rock doing this because that would have been awesome if he had just played he-man not prince adam um and then everyone's like shoot get us terry cruz get us a guy with actual muscles we want a lou ferrigno hulk 
We don't want a mm-hmm. Mark Ruffalo Hulk as He-Man. We don't want this CGI monster running around. Um, cause that's, that's really what I think Hollywood wants to give us. Um, if you have not watched Thor Ragnarok, that is the best He-Man movie we are ever going to get. That's how I feel about it. So Kevin Smith, that's doing, a great point. Yeah. Kevin Smith doing, um, doing an animated He-Man, nothing. They can never beat it. I'm sorry. Every time that they, like the Dolph Lundgren movie w- w- was okay. Um, it was dealt with the eighties crash of crazy movies and stuff. But like, I, as I said, I want to do a, I, I could do a whole autopod Decepticast style breakdown of that movie. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it's a, it's definitely a, a thing, but we have not gotten a decent one. People complain about the Michael Bay movies, um, mm-hmm. ad nauseum. Yeah. The transformer yeah. Michael Bay movies. And it's like, hey, at least you're getting something. At least it's keeping it alive. I'm over here, like, yeah. I'm I'm squeezing that last bit of essence out of out of uh, a 35 year old franchise over here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So trust me, be happy with what you get if you like He Man, um, unless he goes crazy and does some really goofy stuff. That's but I don't. I think uh, Bernardin is there to uh, keep that from happening. <laughs> Absolutely, and and that's a dude that can find the soul yeah. of a story that you never even knew was there. He has just fascinating insights on things that I've just I never thought to think about. He's he's a real insightful dude. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy his uh, narrative voice. Yeah. Um, so I'm 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 actually ironically enough, I think I'm more excited about Mark Bernardin being involved than Kevin, than Kevin Smith. Smith being yeah, involved. Kevin Smith's and, just the and, name, and I'm a super fan. So <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, exactly. He's, exactly. I think it's yeah. I, it's the, it's the name that you throw on the headline to get attention. You know, Kevin Smith announces anime He-Man series for Netflix, and yeah, I think that's some of the strategy. There, I mean, but, um, I don't know if you I don't know if you ever well, watched Comic Book Men. I, I did for a while until I realized that it was just Pawn Stars in a comic shop. Uh, that that hag I have no yeah. taste for haggling, and like once I realized that was like ninety percent of the show, I just I, I yeah. e- even having even being a Kevin Smith super fan, it was. I, so, I don't need to see Walt Flanagan trying to talk somebody down because he has to make money. So so that's that's the thing that I actually I didn't love that part. I like those guys. Kevin Smith was just there as a figurehead. He lit- he was the Mickey Mouse yeah. of the group. He literally was just like, hey, I'm here. Let's talk about some stuff. Now I'm going back to California so you guys can do whatever you do. Um, that that show's over now. But I still yep. listen to Tell Them Steve Dave, which is a, the podcast that two of them do with uh, one of the Impractical Jokers, Brian Quinn. Oh, um, sure. And, like, yeah. I still love that show. That 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 podcast, um, and and it has nothing to do with Kevin Smith. I'm trying to think if he's been on there twice, like, so that's more so what I'm excited about is is everything that has nothing to do with Kevin Smith. Um, they got a couple of writers from a couple other shows that are that are pretty good. My only problem is going to be if they don't have an actual consultant who. And I jokingly posted, "Hey, if you want a consultant, hit me up." Um, mm-hmm. There are plenty of people who know more ins and outs about He-Man than I do. Uh, they do they do podcasts specifically of that, but they uh, they got to stick with if they're saying that it is a sequel from the old show. They got to start 
they got to start fresh from from where it left off. And and if they're going to finish up what happens, that's fine. They're going to have Tila become some sorceress supreme. Uh, that's that's fine too. But I just really hope that they don't do anything goofy. And uh, I don't think so because Bernardin has actually kind of complained about that happening in every show. Um, na- yeah. namely the Ghostbusters, um, the Girlbusters is like to call them, that female-led sure. movie. I, <laughs> I, I do light um, drafts for, for things like this. Like, this is what I would like to see in this. Um, and I can tell you now because it's never going to happen. I actually heard about that. <laughs> uh, it's not. It's the they're literally making a direct sequel to Ghostbusters two now. So. It's a thing that happens. They're ignoring that entire series. Um, I had a thing where where the actual girls that are in that show are the firstborns of the other Ghostbusters. You know the the older ones. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure, sure. And the reason why they didn't know each other was because they were cursed by a witch, an entity, who knows, whatever. That if they're uh, if their their firstborns ever came together, it would end the world. Um, and the Ghostbusters just said, well, screw off. We're going to stick you in the, in the containment chamber and, and so be it or whatever they did. They killed a witch. I don't know. I, there was, there's a lot of things you could have a wizard warlock, um, kind of like the whole Vigo thing. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And unbeknownst to them, young baby Oscar was part of that curse as well. You fast forward and this is after, um, Hemsworth got cast as, their secretary which is weird mm-hmm. i made it where like i in in my draft that's when they accidentally all come back together and like a cosmic circumstance uh thing happens and if you look at it it could totally be like you could say this is uh this is this person's kid this is this person's kid well dana's kid is included in that as soon as he shows up to be the uh um the secretary that's when it pops up and it turns out that that's actually baby oscar and he's the only one who didn't okay, get separated sure, from yeah. his family so like and i've told numerous people this and they're like that's way more interesting than what we got i'm like i'm sorry i'm not don't work for hollywood <laughs> but the sure, sure. uh, reason i say that is is that i also in let's see world of warcraft came out almost 20 years ago now I made a a super rough draft um, that I was going to take to Blizzard Activision. I think they were just Blizzard at the time, actually. And uh, I was going to say, okay. hey, you should make this uh, He-Man TV or He-Man uh, MMO, you know, like an online multiplayer game where you play in the world of Eternia. And it takes place after He-Man gets time-napped to go do the new adventures. So they have a hero. The world has their hero taken away, but they also have their villain taken away. So Skeletor and He-Man are both gone. What do they do? And, and it, it breaks up factions and stuff like that. You could play as like a, a, a castle guard. You could play as this, you could play as that. And that was the whole idea of it. You know, and then you go into the different worlds and, and you, you deal with the different people. Um, so that's why I got, I get pseudo excited when they announce things like this, and then I get super angry because, like, I had that idea like twenty years ago. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if they're going to go that route or not. Um, 
if they do, that's that's a salt on that old wound. They opened it up and <laughs> rubbed some salt in there. Uh, I actually have a couple ideas for Captain Planet and uh, G.I. Joe as well. So I think I might actually try to push and, and get those ones out there because I've... Uh, it's been a while since we've seen either of those. Captain Planet, we're ready. Yeah. We're ready for Captain Planet. The world is uh, is melting. We, we need our silver hero. He just won't have a mullet this time. There you go. Well, and it's interesting, you know, as, as we close out with our, with our guest, uh, Alpha Magnus, um, you know, a barrier is so low anymore for folks getting folks out there. In fact, mm-hmm. like on my, uh, um, on my next episode, uh, you kind of like a little bit of a continuity glitch. I've already done my interview with uh, <laughs> yeah. and Yoshi, um, about, uh, and, and that's still coming out on Wednesday. Uh, but we talked about their new project transformers reanimated where basically they, uh, do exactly this. <laughs> and and yeah. it, exactly so it, it's very much what you're talking about and they just threw it out on the web and it's there and it's available and it's the story that they want to tell granted not in the form that they wanted yeah but uh but it's there nonetheless plus you know being on uh visiting so many fan conventions and tf cons you know uh uh zines and fic and fan fiction and stuff that that's that's a vibrant scene so there's 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 multiple platforms that if you have a story to get it out there mm-hmm. um so I mean, just uh, just kind of food for thought to kind of kind of leave that uh, leave that with you there. Uh, even even um, Kevin Smith says it on his his social media. He's got a pinned tweet that says, "Whatever you do today, create something." Like yes, yeah, exactly. So I mean, if that's the takeaway from any of this stuff that we're inspired from, it's like just you know, again, channel that inner Shia LaBeouf. It's like just do it, make your dreams come true. Just do it so yeah so um uh so we gotta leave it there for now uh we uh we kind of went over time a little bit uh thanks for that never happens out so long (laughs) (laughs) i know right i know right yeah i told you we were gonna chat for a half hour and i think anybody you know whether it's you me uh my uh, lovely wife who's hanging around here with me at home everybody just kind of like rolled their eyes and said you know that that's not happening (laughs) but well um, i i have way uh, more to talk about but i uh, i i I digress at this point because it's it's a it's a moot point because they're gonna do what they're gonna do and i hope we like it i hope i like it that's i guess that's the more important thing i hope i like this because it's uh it's been too long i am uh, of those 35 years i am 37 of them so gotcha. <laughs> like m- my entire life has been uh, pretty much has been uh, revolving around this franchise and i'm just waiting for something new to come along that's going to excite me um because because transformers it, it has filled the void uh I'm, I'm not saying that i am a transformers fan second but i've definitely uh it has definitely taken the place uh, of most most of my time. Fair enough. Uh, that's a that's a great place to leave it. Uh, uh, Toby Alpha Magnus, if folks want to get in touch with you, to oh I don't know if perhaps you uh, uh, are out there from Mattel and want to uh, get uh, some uh, consulting insight or <laughs> uh, learn more about uh, about a, a treatment for Captain Planet or even some of your uh, custom stuff uh, that we didn't even really get a chance to talk about this time around. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, real quick, uh, let folks 
folks know how we can connect with you on the internet and on the social medias? Okay, so I'm Alpha Magnus, uh, A-L-P-H-A-M-A-G-N-U-S, no spaces, uh, sometimes all caps, uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Those are the two best ways to get a hold of me. Um, the Instagram's kind of taken over uh, where I've focused. My Twitter, I get a little more uh, political slash um, opinion-y on, on there. So I would say Instagram's probably the best bet if you want to just check me out. I, that's where I post all my stuff. I finally got a Patreon up. Same thing, patreon.com, Alpha Magnus. Um, and I'll be, I'm doing right now mostly just uh, the kits for the Transformer toys. Um, but I actually just got my parts in for my next cosplay. So that is going to be, uh, you're going to get to see that live because I'm going to start from scratch and show everything. I'm going to do some, uh, I don't know if I'm going to do Twitch or Mixer. Uh, Mixer's kind of taken off, but I think Twitch might have a better better thing. But I'm Alpha Magnus on all those too. So uh, check me out uh, if I pop up on there. I'm actually going to be doing some of that right when we're done here. Very cool. All right. Well, uh, Toby, it's always a blast catching up with you. I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, uh, help me kind of sort out some of these uh, scorching hot takes and get uh, get some uh, good information out there for folks yeah. that are uh, kind of bombing around on Monday looking uh, looking for something to listen to uh, from a couple <laughs> Kevin Smith well, fans. Uh, so uh, thanks well, for yeah, that. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's that's the big thing. It could be worse. It could be way worse. It could be Tim Burton's He-Man. Much as I love Tim Burton, and I'd love to see him do the horde, <laughs> I don't want him touching yeah. my He-Man. <laughs> and I think that might have actually yeah, almost that. been a thing. Like, remember the Superman did, almost did that, and it was like long-haired Nicolas Cage Superman. Like, it could be worse. That was a Kevin Smith mm-hmm. script, but whoever helms it, that's it's their their look. So just just be glad you got what you got. And I think uh, I think old Mark will give us a a good a good series. And, and they said it's a limited run, so it's not like they're doing this to make a uh, sixteen more seasons of the show. I'm pretty sure they're putting a cap on this. Yeah, it's it, it it's solicited as a quote unquote limited series. So yep, um, and, and that kind of gets into the anime comparisons that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. You know, it's going to be you know a serialized limited story with uh, with the beginning, middle, and end. And I, uh, you know, these uh, uh, you sold me a He Man, you sold me a Netflix. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, so I'm I, I'm I'm excited for this project. If- I I I have almost zero he-man nostalgia but i'm i'm here for this i i I think it's gonna be pretty cool i want to end on one thing if you liked if you if you liked the old voltron and you have not checked out voltron legendary defender on netflix it is anime it is americanized it harkens back to the original and it is beautiful it's a little bit fan servicey towards the end but that show is great and uh anyone who doesn't like it i will fight you whoa those were some seriously hot takes how do you feel about it let mike know on facebook twitter and instagram at mike cyber radio you've been listening to the mike cyber radio podcast follow us on facebook twitter and instagram by searching at mike cyber radio Email us at MikeCybertRadio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I. 
B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out ByDoorMusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production.